Hello and welcome back. It's season two, episode one of the Big Happy Life podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Britt, and I'm delighted to be back behind the microphone because I've really missed recording these episodes. And I hope if you were a listener last season and you're back now, that it means you've missed listening too. In case you're wondering, I took the six-month break because I was really trying to figure out what Big Happy Life was about, who it was for, what it was supposed to achieve, what problems was it solving. What was the point, basically? I spent the last six months answering those questions, and this episode is where I get to share those answers with you, because it'll give you a good sense of what's coming up in season two, and it'll give you a good sense of now that Big Happy Life is beginning to take some actual direction, whether that direction feels right for you. So here goes, let's find out. this is the scariest podcast I've ever recorded because this is the podcast where I put my stake in the ground and I say this is what Big Happy Life is. This is what I'm committed to and I'm committed to it in my own life as well. You see I started Big Happy Life because I had some things I needed to change in my life. I had become a parent and the role just took my life to a level where I thought I would be happy but I ultimately just felt overwhelmed and scared and small and I needed to do something different and so Big Happy Life was born out of that. But what I found particularly with the podcast was that I was recording the episodes and filling them full of information and advice that I wasn't using. They say knowledge is power but knowledge isn't power. It's potential power but it's only power if you use it and that's often the piece that's missing. There are so many amazing podcasts and YouTube channels and books out there that provide you with tons and tons of information. And what I found was that gathering that information made me feel like I was in control and made me feel like I was taking steps forward. But then in my actual day-to-day life, when it really mattered, I wasn't always making the right choices. I wasn't making the choices I believed were the right ones. So, you know, I'd read the parenting strategy, but then I would yell or stomp off or behave petulantly to my children or I'd read about the health benefits of a juice fast and I would go and eat a cake, or I would learn about how to take my business to the next level, but then I would go and sit and watch Netflix. And I couldn't help but think, okay, something is going on here because this is what happens to most people. And I know there's loads of information out there about habit change. I know because I've been learning about habits for years, but my knowledge wasn't helping me. And that's the first thing I want to commit to with Big Happy Life. In my professional life, I'm a corporate trainer. So if I go into an organization and they ask me to achieve a particular outcome, then we would only deem whatever I do a success if that outcome is achieved. But in my own life, I wasn't holding myself to the same account. And in the podcast, I wasn't doing it either. I was just going out and saying, yay, loads of information. Ooh, isn't this interesting? Wow, did you know that? And then nothing was happening with it. And I thought... Why not hold this podcast and Big Happy Life and all it stands for against the same bar that I would any training course or coaching session that I would deliver in a work environment? And so that's the first big change you'll see between series one and series two is in series one, I kind of just talked about things I found interesting and things I thought you would find interesting. But series two is about making changes. It's about seeing something different happen, actually getting different results in our lives. So that we can genuinely say, not, 
I learned something really interesting, but rather I did something really useful. And it changed something in my life or in the life of someone who matters to me for the better. In corporate training, we refer to these kinds of measures as learning outcomes. So the result of the learning. And the trouble is these things are really, really hard to measure. But I don't think that should stop us trying. So based on what Big Happy Life is all about and where it came from, I've chosen three things to measure or three bars to try and move. And so this is where you'll really kind of get a sense of whether this podcast and the various resources and courses and things that Big Happy Life will have to offer in future are for you because these will be the bars you're also trying to move. There are three of them, so I'll tell you all three of them now and then I'll go into more detail and explain each one separately. The first is that on a day-to-day basis, you experience more control in your life. It feels more manageable. So not just when you think about it or when you listen to the podcasts or read the books that you have these flashes of what it could be like, but you actually experience it. You find you're able to take control, to manage all the various elements of your life and to enjoy each one of them in their own right as well. The second measure is that we live the advice we give our kids. So there isn't a disconnect between what we say and what we do. If we tell them anything is possible, we show them that through the things we do as well. And the last measure is that when things aren't going exactly to plan, either for ourselves or for someone who matters to us, our first reaction is to accept what's happening right now rather than judge what should be happening. And then to approach the solution with curiosity and to think about it in a way that's really productive and leads to useful problem-solving type thinking. So if those sound like things that matter to you, let me just tell you a little bit more about each one, where it came from and how we might measure it. That first measure was that you're able to manage all the elements of your life on a day-to-day basis. Not in a, I clawed my way through the day and I'm really stressed and I need to collapse with a glass of wine kind of way, but in a, I'm totally owning this and I've got it kind of way. I feel good about it, I'm part of something, I'm contributing to something, and I'm enjoying my life. I chose the name Big Happy Life on the basis that my life, as it became bigger, should theoretically have been happier, but instead it became this massive nest of stress, of everywhere I looked, something more was needed. I didn't have enough time, I didn't have enough energy, I wasn't enjoying most of the things I was doing because they pulled against each other in such a dramatic way that I was always half in, half out. If I was with my kids, I was thinking about work. If I was at work, I was thinking about my kids. While I was playing with them, I was trying to do housework at the same time. And then around all of that stuff, I was trying to fit in the me stuff, the exercising, the meditating, the writing. And I realized how you do those things determines whether they feel like positive parts of your life or just yet one more thing to get done. So the first outcome that Big Happy Life sets out to achieve is to make it possible for all of us to manage the aspects of our lives in ways that make us feel like we're in control of the whole working structure of it in such a way that we actually enjoy all the various parts of our lives rather than just feeling like we're being pulled apart. And actually, the next episode I record is all about the Big Happy Life model and how you can map out those various elements of your life to work out where to place your focus first. That second outcome was that we live the advice we give our kids. The advice we give them about an anything is possible life. 
and what it takes to have one of those. My husband and I adopted our children from within the care system. So they had been removed from their birth family and they were in foster care when we met them. The eldest was seven and the youngest was 17 months. And in the lead up to meeting them, before we even knew who they were, we went on loads and loads of training courses. And in those courses, one of the key themes was the effect of trauma. We were told that trauma affects the brain so deeply and so permanently the children who've experienced trauma in their early lives will likely never fully recover from it. They will struggle socially, developmentally, they'll struggle in education, and that basically this is a reality we simply have to accept. And I was thinking, no, come on. It can't be true for everybody. It can't be. I knew enough about neuroplasticity, the ability of the brain to change and grow and develop throughout life, even into adulthood. And I thought it's impossible that nothing can be done. So I thought, not my kids. I am gonna create an environment where they can thrive, where their brains can work their natural magic and they can go on to experience all the joys and all the social benefits and all the fantastic education available to them in every way that anyone else would. Now, of course, when you think about these things on a theoretical level and you're sitting in a classroom, the right answers are very, very easy to come by. But the reality of making these things happen is a lot harder. And so all the things that I had envisaged for them were required of me first. And that was much tougher than I expected. And then it dawned on me, again, that difference between advice and action, belief about what's possible, and putting in the work to make it so. And that's what this goal is about. Very often, we say to our kids, anything is possible, come on, you can do it. But what we're really saying is, this isn't good enough, do better. And that doesn't create the kind of environment that allows them to do better. What I certainly found in my case is that I was judging them more often than I was helping them. Often because I was scared or I didn't know how to help. But those are precisely the times where if I was giving advice, I would say, that's exactly when your best is needed. That's exactly when you have to be more resilient and you have to find a new way and you have to think more productively. So this outcome is about what we have to do, particularly as parents, to show our children what it takes to keep going when you're scared or uncertain, to take risks and be accepting of failure and to be someone who keeps going until you get where you promised yourself you were gonna get. So the way we measure this one and say, yes, we've achieved it, is if we can say we have created a space where our children can do their best and become their best, and we've also created lives or at least habits we'd be happy for our kids to copy, then we've done what we set out to do. Yeah, so that one's gonna be easy. But I think this last outcome will help. So the last thing I think is worth measuring is how often our natural first response to ourselves and to others is acceptance followed by curiosity. What I mean by that is we learn how to start from where we are rather than berate ourselves or others for where we should be or where they should be or what they should be able to do. There's a really amazing piece of advice in a book called Positive Discipline that says, if children could do better, they would do better. And I think we can expand that to adults too. I think if people could do better, they would do better. Most of us don't want to be disconnected or bad at our jobs or shouty parents or whatever it is. Most of us want to do things really well. 
And that's part of the challenge, is that we judge ourselves when we don't, and we judge other people when they don't. So if we make the assumption that when people don't do their best, there's a reason, we can accept that this is where they are right now. They might lack a skill, they might be feeling something that's getting in the way of them being able to do what it is they need to do, and the same could be true for us. And then we have to get curious about what it is so that we can really task ourselves with productive thinking, the kind of thinking that leads to really good problem solving and a new idea. So we ultimately end up changing something for the better. So there you have it. Three specific ways in which we're aiming to change our lives. One, we feel in control on an everyday basis. We feel like we're living our lives on purpose and things are going as they are supposed to go, even if they're difficult. Two, we're living the lives we tell our kids are possible, and in doing so, we're showing them how to do the same. And three, we're making acceptance and curiosity our default first responses in any situation. So with ourselves and with other people, we look to first accept where we are, get curious about how we got there, and then figure out how to move forward. That's what Big Happy Life is all about. So if you decide to become or stay a listener of the podcast, then it's likely to be because those are some of the things you want to achieve in your own life. And you're looking for really useful information and strategies to help you do that. Of course, the best way to turn this podcast into something really beneficial and the kind of thing that totally taps into what you need, the absolute best way you could do that is get in touch. Share your stories, your comments, and your questions, and help shape this podcast into something that matters to you and that provides you with things you can actually use right then in the moment when you need them most. If you haven't yet subscribed, you can do that through whatever podcast app you're using. And rather excitingly, by Christmas, the podcast will also be on video. I'm just figuring out lighting and editing because wow, video is way harder than audio. But hey, anything is possible, right? So I'll let you know when we're video as well, but in the meantime, the Big Happy Life YouTube channel is already live and you can subscribe to that should you wish to be there when the first video goes live. For now though, that's it from me. Thanks for listening.